Welcome to the AV Podcast Games Edition. Hello and welcome to the March 2012 AV Forums Gaming Podcast with me, Mark Botright. Joining me this time is Steve Carter. Hello, Steve. Good evening, Mark. Leon Matthews. Evening, Leon. Evening. And Steve Hill. Evening, Steve. Hello, Mark. Right, well, kicking things off, um, Halo 4 trailer. It's really a bit of a teaser, but we've heard a bit from um, 343 Industries, um, Frank O'Connor, a former Bungie employee, about possible changes that are going to be made, um, supposedly notable changes to the multiplayer. Not a something that a lot of people will want to hear, but you know, perhaps a, a breath of fresh air for the series. Um, who's particularly into the Halo series? It's got sci-fi, it's got shooting. For some reason, I'm thinking, Leon, this might be your kettle of fish. <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, yeah, I, I was keeping up with that sort of stuff. It looks good, um, but it doesn't look massively different to my eyes. Um, they're doing a lot of talk about how they're trying to stay true to the franchise, but also bring something new at the same time. Um, the only thing that really stood out was they've got a good reason apparently for why red are actually fighting blue. Um, that was that was in that trailer that they showed. Um, the, the age old question. Yes, and apparently it's an actually a good reason. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what that is. Um, but as far as the multiplayer goes, I mean I don't know. It's the same thing with any multiplayer shooter. Really, you can't really deviate massively away from it. Otherwise, you stop appealing to your fan base. So. It just looks like Halo, and it looks like a nicer Halo. So it's good to see that there's a new team on it, and hopefully they'll be able to come up with some new ideas. Well, I mean, one of the the, the major things that's come out is the talk there's going to be no public beta for oh, multiplayer. Really? Interesting. So with the the idea that there will be notable changes, um, no public beta, those two things kind of seem slightly at loggerheads with one another, and, and rumblings that the perk system that will be put in place might be a bit more Call of Duty-esque. I mean, is it is it something that fans will be worried about or, or does the Halo series really need something a bit fresh? I mean, it's it's taken that core gameplay to to great heights, but it, does it need a bit of evolution? Um, probably does need evolution, but does it need to become more like Call of Duty? I don't think that's the answer for any shooter, really. Um, it's quite a brave move, that, not having a public beta, especially when you're changing so much. Um, you've got to respect them for that, but at the same time, I can see why fans are worried. I don't know. It, need, it needs fresh stuff, but it, it still needs to retain the heart of Halo. Halo plays very deliberately. It's, it's very different from the fast-paced shooters we have nowadays, so I'm not sure the, the fans would welcome a move towards a Call of Duty style. I suppose, yeah, I've, I've picked the name Call of Duty because that's what people tend to associate with, with perks and the like, but... it. Mm. It could be incorporated in a in a way that that suits the series. You know, they're they're saying that Master Chief will be, um, you know, your appearance will be customizable, and that will directly affect gameplay. Um, the other minor worry from from some people's perspectives, depending on how much you read of the the lore that went around it with with books and the like, um, is that you're supposedly now going to hear more about what makes Master Chief tick. You're going to see they're going to look further into his character. Whereas some would argue that the the whole appeal of of Master Chief was that he was a blank slate. I can hear Steve laughing. Well, yeah, because he's such a deep character. No, he, he was never never terribly deep, but but I suppose 
that was a stylistic choice. So perhaps they can find something there that really pushes you on. It's, I kind of does it not sound a death knell for the series if this this mysterious dark character suddenly they feel the need to start explaining his backstory and, and filling well, in the gaps. They've kind of already explained his backstory. Now, I am sort of a closet Halo nerd, so I've read books. Um, or Not all of them. Closet? Books, read... <laughs> Maybe not so closet. Um, but, you know, they have actually fleshed out. Like, The Fall of Reach, the book, I mean, the game didn't really reflect the book at all. The Fall of Reach, it was all about Master Chief and how he was recruited and how the Spartan program was started and all that sort of stuff. And, and that is actually the best book that I think the Halo series has. Um, so they are it, they already have that backstory it's not like they're just putting it together and making it unless they're going right. to change his backstory completely um, I don't know whether they're literally going to redo what they did in Fall of Reach if they did that's actually pretty cool because I've read it and I know what happens um, so the Master Chief he is a blank slate and he is just the armour essentially but if you want to look deeper into it like any game nowadays they bring out books and comics if you want to look deeper into it you can and I, and I happen to have done that in Halo so I don't know. I'm optimistic, but I'm still very cautious. To, to me, obviously, I'm not a big Halo fan, uh, mainly revealed by my naivety there in Master Chief. But to, to be honest, if they're saying, well, look, we're going to take the series in more of a, as you maybe incorrectly said, uh, a Call of Duty direction, just that perk system and the unlock system, then, you know what? I think they kind of deserve to be able to do that. At the end of the day, surely... Uh, Call of Duty will go in that direction sooner or later and no one else has really done a Skyfire game that's been that popular and that's worked in that way so why don't they have a crack at it you know surely that name should be attached to that type of game anyway yeah I mean mean, we say all of that but to be honest with you as you you saw I, I know about the single player of Halo that's what I play it for the multiplayer to be honest I play it for like a week or so or a little bit and then I don't really go back to it. For me, Halo is just single player. I know for a lot of people it's multiplayer, but I don't know. I feel like that that audience is diminished with Call of Duty and Gears and so many other multiplayer games that how important is Halo multiplayer? To me, not so much, but I guess to some other people a lot. Still a very big fan base, so I'm sure they'll shift a lot of units based on people wanting to play the the multiplayer. So it's something they guess that I guess they have to get right. Mm, possibly I'd much prefer to hear some single player stuff the campaigns are always pretty good I'm sure this one will be even better than the the more recent ones Mm. there's talk of making it more kind of cinematic big spectacles there Um, Master Chief almost looks like he's a different shade of green you know that's a notable (laughs) change (laughs) controversial green is the new black (laughs) very much so Okay, well, next up, I, I suppose, is fairly major for the UK gaming scene. How we all buy our games. Um, the game stores look like they're in a bit of trouble. Um, the news that they weren't going to be stocking Mass Effect 3 and any other future EA titles. That story seems to have snowballed. And now this talk, um, according to MCV, that they could be preparing for administration within possibly a fortnight. Um, you've seen... Various stores closing, you've seen Gameplay.co.uk shutting down and various online talks about fire sales and the like. Is it going to is it going to change anything for anyone here? I mean, will it change your, your game buying habits or, or do you tend to browse purely online these days? Steve, I'll come to you with that one. Um, for, as a point of view from game, probably not because personally I 
tend to avoid game because I find that a lot of the stores are the prices are hiked up and you know pre-owned games are you know more expensive than a new game but you know I, I mean I do call in you know because they often do have some good offers but I, I tend to shop more online and find myself using a lot more online rental services now as well so I'm using Love Film a lot more for my games than you know going and actually purchasing games but on the other hand, it is sad to see shops closing because I'm actually quite clingy with my games. I'd still prefer to buy a, you know, a physical copy of a game rather than a, a digital copy. So it would be sad to see, you know, as an effect, you know, game game station shutting, then you know everyone else shutting. But it's just it's just the trend these days that you know people on shopping online, you know, online so easy to you know access now that people just the more sensible with the money at this sort of time as well. So it's just it's it's not surprising. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the market's shifted now. Um, everyone, you know, surely every gamer now is connected to the internet. Um, it's it forms an integral part of your gaming experience, and so it's just the proliferation of smartphones and and data usage packages. You're you're never that far away from being able to order something with with a simple tap. But the bricks and mortar shops, you know, you could browse. Um, a lot of ways you'd see the latest consoles in booths and the like, um, but perhaps we'll see that shift to to the supermarkets with their their loss leaders and the like. They seem to push for the latest titles very well now, and they seem quite integral to many people's game buying needs on on day one. Yeah, I mean they are they they are fighting a lot for more pre-orders now. You'll see much more people, you know, queuing outside Sainsbury's, Tesco's. Than you know a game or a game station shop now, and it's it's, it's like you say it's shifting. So it's it's bad for the shops, but it's good for the consumer because they're all fighting for the lowest price. So it's it's good for us, but it's bad for the you know the dedicated retail stores. They've brought all of this on themselves, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the prices are, are poor, and I'm sure they've got no friends in the game industry at all. After making all their money on pre-owned sales, which never. Um, see a percentage go back to the developers or distributors I don't think anyone will shed a tear over them um, disappearing if they do eventually disappear and also the the point we made uh, again before we started recording is that if the next generation of consoles ha- have no disk drive in them any potential buyer that might come in and save game surely must be looking now thinking do we really want to take this risk on selling a uh, a physical disc that may not be needed in a year's time yeah i kind of i i do agree but i don't know all the way whenever i read threads and stuff about this sort of stuff everybody really hates game but i I don't know i don't know whether i'm just my own worst enemy where i'm very lazy so i used to order stuff online but having it delivered and having to be there sometimes and whatnot it 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 was it was inconvenient for me sometimes so i've kind of got into the habit of going to game every friday and i do like the fact that there's a place i can walk into and have a look at games and stuff. What I do wish is what you're saying is that it was a nicer place. Um, and what they should do is move away from just we sell things to we are gamers. And this is an experience we think gamers might like to experience. If you went in there and were able to be like, oh, Azura's Wrath, that looks pretty terrible. But hey, how about I play it for 20 minutes and maybe I'll enjoy it and then maybe I'll buy yeah. it. Yeah. You know? I, my, my local branch of game, um, before it was... Um, I think it was an electronics game boutique and then before that it was something else. It's always been a game store mm. and as far as I can tell they've never done anything 
to to dress it up or rebrand it other than the the signs and the exterior of the store it's just it doesn't show a lot of respect for your for your client base and it certainly doesn't show a lot of respect for gamers and what they expect and also as a pc gamer the selection has always been terrible of pc games there's no gaming keyboards no mice are ever sold they just seem so steeped in the past and haven't moved with the times and i think they've brought all of this on themselves and on that damning note (laughs) (laughs) we seem to do that a lot (laughs) (laughs) you don't need to keep giving me the last word on everything Making headlines. I take all your points there, Steve. It's 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 unfortunate that that the reputation isn't better. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly jump the gun as well and just talk about my my buying experience of Mass Effect. I bought Mass Effect through a online CD key retailer. So it's some third party. I have no idea where in the world they're based, but the name that I paid to on PayPal looked like it was a Vietnamese name. Um, so, which is, you know, maybe sometimes slightly um, uh, unnerving when you're going through that process because you don't know whether necessarily it's going to go through. But got my CD key, I redeemed it on Origin and downloaded it, preloaded it on Sunday, a whole week before the game was actually released. And because it was had a release date on the Monday in Asia, I could VPN my system so it basically looked like I was based in Asia and my game unlocked. I had it a week early. That, to me, is how I want to buy my games. I didn't have to leave the house. I didn't have to stand in a sweaty store. I didn't have to get disappointed when they'd run out of stock. It was it was just the ideal buying experience. Yeah, you sent us an email when that happened saying you'd unlocked it. And, uh, I know, it's being smug, exactly. I hated you quite a lot. Very smug. It, it wasn't fun. I didn't reply. Did you notice how you got no replies to that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is, it's a very clean experience, isn't it? And, you know, it's, it's annoying because I was saying to my friends, I, I have all the, ability, all, the, all the pieces I need to have this digital future. I mean, I, I'm lucky. I've got 50 meg broadband, so it's kind of more realistic for me. And that's usually the kicker that the, the UK's infrastructure isn't good enough for the internet speeds we need for that sort of a service. Absolutely, or, for sure, of course. Rather the caps, they don't they don't want to give us that much data. Um, but, you know, I do have an Xbox. I've got a large hard drive. I've got an internet connection. Why can't I unlock Modern Warfare 3 on the day it comes out rather than going to the shop? Or even earlier, if they turn around and said, we will give you the game four days before it hits retail, everyone would buy it digitally. Mm. Everyone would. They'd kill that market straight away. And, and you've no doubt Microsoft and Activision and all those guys will be looking at it and saying, this is where we want to go in future. And we're going to take out the middleman completely. Mm, but at the same time, I would love it if there was like a, you know, like a Riley's Snooker Club type game in place where you could just go and maybe buy games and also play it games. Is, and- it's called On Live. Yeah, but you know, you want that personal experience. That's what all shops can trade in, is a personal experience. It's good to have people, you know, play a game next to somebody else. As much as we all love Xbox Live, you can't deny that when you get somebody sat next to you and play a game, it's it's just a different level of experience. You know, I I can't say I remember the last time I've had that experience. I've certainly had that experience, and it's been brilliant. It's always great to meet like-minded people um, and do (laughs) like-minded things, but I, I can't say I've had that experience for years. Yeah, you should try it out. It's good. He's unsociable. That's what he's saying. It's, I'm <laughs> saying the I'm saying the game stores are not geared in that way. You know, every so often you might strike a conversation with someone in a ridiculously long queue in game at Christmas. See, I've got a different thing. Like I do go in there every Friday because I'm stupid and I spend my money um, fr- fruitlessly. Like I, I shouldn't spend. 40 quid on a game every Friday but I do and when I go into the game shops the same people generally serve me and it's got to the point where they do talk to me about the games and it is nice that they know who I am 
Um, so I wouldn't want that to go away. But at the same time, I agree with everything that everybody says about the way game runs their business. Um, and that, it, that they're just terrible people, generally. Do you know what irritates me the most? Is that patronising, irritating little seal that they put on all the games that says, you can't bring this back. The minute this is broken, blah, 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 your statutory right goes out the window, whatever it means. Conditioner discs is naff as well. Lots of love for game. <laughs> just, just, just right up there. I'm not defending them, but I, I just, I don't want the, you know, I like the fact that there's a gaming high street present. It's like, it's nice to have a HMV somewhere to walk into and browse music. Not that anybody does that anymore. I was going to say they're just in as much trouble as anyone else. Look at Waterstones; they nearly went to the wall. But what did Waterstones do? They've, they've, they put Starbucks in there. They put seats in there. They've made it more about than just buying stuff. It's people go in there and pick up a book, sit down, read it, and maybe they'll buy it. So you're saying put a Starbucks in a game? I'm saying it might be a start. <laughs> I don't know. It's a fair point. It's it's about the the social experience. Mm. You know, you you're rubbing shoulders with like-minded people. You you're being able to browse the actual products. If they could find a way to make that central to actually being in their store, I think I think they'd be in a, a lot healthier shape. And that's not sweaty dirty dusty aisles in which every branch I've ever been into is. Have you got that off your chest now, Steve? <laughs> it's an undercover shop just, inspector, just, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just about, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox now. Cheerio game. The Assassin's Creed 3 trailer has been released for everyone to see. Um, we've also had some talk from the creative director about which direction the, the game is going to be going in. It shows the colonial American setting, possibly... Native American influences in there. Is everyone excited by this? Uh, do you like the idea that it's it's being stripped back to to basics now that they've they've kind of drawn a line underneath the Ezio trilogy? Or as some fans have raised the point, are you slightly worried that there's going to be a lack of significant architecture to scale? Hmm. That's the the main thing in it. America's not renowned for its big architecture and you know culture so that's the only main worry but I think like the rest of it is it's finally something that Assassin's Creed fans can get excited about you know I mean there's, they've said that it will have some you know historical significance you can meet some like historical figures in there and it, it sounds pretty good and the trailer looks good I mean the game won't look like that but yeah the, the setting is a bit a bit worrying because they're not not brilliant with their uh, their architecture either well, certainly not at the time of the US Revolution. No, you can't really climb a tent, can you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. You can climb trees now, so that might make up for it. Well, they have said they're, they're trying to integrate the wilderness and they're, they're putting in this, this weather system, a snow system, so you, the point was raised that in that kind of environment you'd have to prepare for the cold, for the for the change of the seasons and the like. And so Building a glue. Perhaps they're taking it back to nature now, but I suppose... A, a key draw of it, of the series, always was you had this these wonderful um, foreign settings that no one here is ever going to be running across rooftops in in Venice, and so it, it made it somehow um, alluring, something different. It was something dynamic as opposed to to climbing trees, as great as that could be. Sounds like someone at Ubisoft has been playing a lot of Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, funnily enough, Alex Hutchinson, the the creative director, was doing this this talk at the Game Developers Conference, and and two of the games that he he did mention were Skyrim and Red Dead Redemption. So he he definitely seems to favour that certain style of sprawling wilderness and and, um, almost slightly desolate locations. But it's going to be boring if there's not there. Exactly. I've got to say that just the idea of an Assassin's Creed game that doesn't play like an Assassin's Creed game sounds awesome to me. But why would it be an Assassin's Creed game then? I think that's my point. Just the the departure from the the jumping off buildings and stabbing people in the back and chucking money in the air. Just none of that ever captured my imagination. So the idea of of doing something quite radically different, or at least on the face of it, it seems like they're doing something radically different. Appeals. I like the idea of radically different, but I don't know if I like this version of radically different. Everyone seems really happy about American Revolution. I I really am not feeling that setting at all. I don't. Th- I don't really know a lot about American history. I suppose so. Maybe it's more interesting than I thought it would. It, it will be more interesting. Than I think it will be. But I don't know. I think I just feel like they could have been somewhere better. Like I thought Egypt or something like that. Time of the Pharaohs or something. It just fits more with the. I don't know the aesthetic of Assassin's Creed. This is just. Like you say, it's what are you going to be able to climb? And have you seen the trailer? He's got everybody else is in like the uniforms of the times, whatever they are, and he's just got his white hood on. Stands out a bit, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently the character's supposed to be half English and half Native American, and so he won't necessarily be taking sides, and so it'll hark back to the the Abrahamic struggles in in the Holy Land of the first game of the various religions, and there's there's certainly scope there. But they're playing it up. You'll probably meet big characters like Benjamin Franklin. Now, I know that will probably play well to, to an American audience, but I, I fear that we'll, we'll have to have a little caption telling us who it is. It just sounds like the, the most pretentious concept, which, fine, if they pull it off, brilliant. Uh, I wish them all the luck in the world with it, but it just sounds so odd. It, it definitely seems like they're mixing setting with the changing gameplay, which... As you say, Steve, it could be something radically different. I mean, stalking, say, through woodland, um, you, your character's going to have a bow now. The argument, the argument, Skyrim, <laughs> exactly. But the argument's been made that they're as the chronological order of things goes forwards. This is the kind of last time that they could have the game, the last setting before guns became prevalent in any kind of warfare. So maybe maybe it like climaxes by you you have to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. Oh, now that would be good. Oh, you you've poisoned, just, you've ruined it. You've done it. You poisoned it. George Washington. <laughs> That's the end of the game, right there. I can't believe you just spoiled that. <laughs> the assassin is John Wilkes Booth. Well, there you, there you have it. There you go, listener. I've just saved you forty quid. <laughs> you know what? I, I, you've kind of sold me a little bit there. <laughs> it would make a hell of a conspiracy, wouldn't it? Yeah, I might be, I might be all right with that. But you know what? More to the point, where's my future stuff? That's that's what I'm I wanting. Thought, I thought this was what we were building up to, or is this going to be another Assassin's Creed trilogy? Yeah, well, no, before... I think that's why they've had to make it in an American setting because obviously Desmond is American. So sooner or later, you had to actually try and tie things in to America. I suppose, but we've all been waiting for, you know, we get glimpses of Desmond and we get glimpses of that, that bit, those bits of the, in time and we're just waiting for the game that is that. And then that's what everybody thought it was going to be and all of a sudden they've released this new premise and everyone's loving it and I'm thinking, hang on, didn't, weren't we all waiting for the future stuff? I'm still kind of wanting that and I haven't seen any of that yet. So 
that's a good time then to move on to something that is set in the future then, and I've no doubt this will be your game of the year, Leon. Mass <laughs> Effect 3, finally out, Bioware's sci-fi role-play space opera. I'm assuming you've been putting a few hours into this already. Yeah, I had more to do this weekend than I would like, um, but yeah, I've put quite a few hours into it already, and I I don't know, it's very, it's very good. But my experience was was interesting. I don't know whether I expected too much to begin with, but just little, little things put me off to begin with. Like um, I tried to import my character from Mass Effect 1 to 2 and then to 3, and um, I couldn't actually take the way he looks into this game. I had to redesign him again, which was a bit disappointing since I'd spent the last two games associating that game with my Shepard um, to have to create a new Shepard because they didn't think that that should happen or I don't know if it's a bug or something but that was a little bit disappointing but as far as the game goes yeah it's pretty good I'm trying not to be over enthusiastic and Steve you've also been plowing some hours into this thanks to your Vietnamese download code <clears throat> as I mentioned earlier uh, yeah I unlocked it about a week before it was available to everyone else and and I, I probably haven't had that much of a chance to play it more than uh, anyone else I'm probably on par with everyone I'm actually a little bit disappointed you know I I, I love it it's it's Mass Effect and everything I loved about the previous Mass Effect games but something about the experience and the writing just the, the biggest thing for me is um, this is not a spoiler it's obvious everyone knows it Earth is under attack so then I go off on the Normandy to go and do what I've got to do and it's just all these other quests start popping up and I'm just like surely this surely I should be just concentrating on the main quest and and people were dying yet I'm having to go to speak to this guy and he's saying yeah sure I help you out but only if you go and speak to this guy and do this for me and you go and speak to that guy and he says well I can only do it if I get some weapons to do this and do that and before you know it you're in the same run-of-the-mill mass effect uh workflow if you like um, that you've always had and it, it, it just the, the experience doesn't seem right to me it doesn't seem paced right yeah it's hard to believe that people would have all the same little petty concerns and small trifling side quests when the world is just about it's, to end it's the end of the universe <laughs> this is the end of everything you know the reapers want to want to wipe out everything uh, all organic life and i'm having some homoerotic conversation with some dude from the normandy in a bar called purgatory it just it didn't it's not sitting right with me at the moment i think i just need a few more hours just to get into it um and just just kind of let it wash over me a bit more but but so far something's not not been right i can't can't really put my finger on on what it is I'm with you on the um, the whole thing. It doesn't seem right that you're doing like minor things when the entire galaxy is at threat. But I, I don't know. I think I'm just m- looking at it more like it is a game, so they're going to have to build up. And, and Mass Effect does build up. It's all about very slow stories. It's not. It's not Star Wars. It's the equivalent of Star Trek. It is lots of sweeping opera and long conversations and political banter and the, the way that the races interact and stuff like that. And that is what I'm waiting for. And bumping into so and so, and then you bump into so and so from from the previous game, and it's like, oh, fancy seeing you here. You, you fancy coming aboard? Yeah, I'll come aboard. Why don't you join us? Like, okay, it's just, it's just. There's something about it that just seems very immature this time round. It's supposed to be this this wrapping up of the series, and at the moment, it doesn't. It's just felt like it could be Mass Effect two point five. I think that's what it is. Honestly, I think that's what it is. But coming from somebody who played Mass Effect 2 five times, 
Um, I don't have a problem with that. I just it's 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 the same old thing where you like something and then you don't mind if they keep giving it to you, keep giving it to you, and then eventually you get bored. And it just depends on what point you get to. I happen to love the combat of Mass Effect. I think they it was terrible, not terrible in the first game, but at this point they have refined it quite well so that it, it plays beautifully. And, and that's the reason you can play it four or five times because the powers and the way they interact, and you can have a completely different experience with a completely different character type. Um, so the gameplay kind of holds it up for me as well but the stories yes it's a little bit weird to think that you're having these small minor stories when there's this larger narrative going on but I do love them I, I don't know I just I just and love I do, them stories. And I do too I just and and maybe that's a fault with the writing in a way that they've they've they've, they've placed the narrative you know um I'm not a writer, so I'm not going to tell anyone how to do their job. But there's definitely something not right about the pacing of it, or at least the way that they've they've certainly plotted out Act One, which is the only stage I'm up to. Yeah, I need to be fair. I'm I'm not at this Act Two that everyone else talks about. I mean, I'm sure I'll know it when I get there. But to me, so far, there's just something which hasn't hasn't been present that I needed to be there. It's still amazingly good, though. I mean, we have a tendency to talk about the negative things in a game, but trust me, when I put that disc in and I sit in front of Mass Effect, I just disappear for hours at a time. And just simple stuff like wandering onto a planet. And and for me, it's just the sort of stuff I love, like looking up into the atmosphere and seeing another planet kind of burning in the war in in the sky while you're fighting down there. And it's just it's just so epic, and just the music and everything. I mean, the soundtrack is yeah, yeah. Credit where credit's due, it's it's got to be one of the best examples of the use of music in a. Game. The question mm. is, though, does it make you fall asleep again? <laughs> does it make me fall asleep? It could do, because a lot of it's quite similar. But yeah, it's very soothing. Well, it's not just that; just the sound of the weapons and the ships and the the use of flange and echo and reverb. It's epic. It's epic. But I've got an excellent sound card in my system, and if I don't have the volume balance, it can absolutely tear my head off. I love it. It's great. Mm. It- it's just good sci-fi. Um, you, you don't get a lot of good sci-fi anymore. Um, and it's it's just so good. Um, so I do love it, and I'm kind of taking my time with it because I don't want to rush it. But so far, it's been decent. I, I just really want to see how the story wraps up. You mentioned there about the combat there. I suppose some people made the criticism that from the first game to the second, they felt that things were stripped back to a certain extent, that it, it had been funneled into two too linear a space in in the these space dungeons so to speak but you particularly disliked the combat in the first there leon i didn't particularly dislike it it just wasn't refined enough um it was an okay shooter it's kind of like bioshock that's a good comparison nobody says bioshock was an amazing shooter but it made up for it in a million other ways mass effect was like that but for a third person shooter um it was serviceable but the other the other parts of it held up the experience but what about the RPG elements? I mean, because those criticisms were coming mainly from the RPG crowd, and I would put myself more towards that end of the spectrum, who felt that they'd turned an RPG with with some shooting elements in it into a squad-based, cover-based shooter with some RPG elements tacked on left there. This gets into the argument of what are RPG elements. Everybody associates RPGs with looking through inventory lists and changing the way your character looks and putting them in clothes and stuff like that. But I would argue that Mass Effect makes it more of an RPG because it's a much more natural way of playing the role. I don't see playing a role as what you're wearing and what level your sword is and what stuff like that. I, I think it's the conversations that you have and the choices that you make, which, if you look at it, no game 
has that sort of choice system. If you think about it, we've been playing Mass Effect now for, what, five years? You've been playing the same story, making min- minor choices. Granted, they're not like... It's like one wide corridor and you deviate slightly within it. It's not you're changing the, st- the game massively. It's just slight variations of the same story. But granted, we've all been playing that. And it's it's just so amazing that they've managed to string that through three games, which nobody else has done. So, I don't know. R- RPG, is it, an R- is it more of an RPG than 2 was? A little bit. In the mechanics, they've kind of put in little bits and bobs where you can have weapon mods and extend the barrels and very much like the Call of Duty attachment system a little bit. Um, but it's it's still not as RPG as the first one was, and the complaints that the people have are probably still valid, if they were valid at that point. And what about one of the the biggest bugbears of the second game, the mining missions? Yeah, that's weird. I haven't done a lot of mining as of yet. It's 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 quite strange. You still mine, but the reapers are in the systems, and if they come in, you you can't go in. You have to run away from them, and you're more mine for. Um, components rather than materials this time apparently the conceit is that all the materials you mined last time were are used in this game for a purpose which i won't spoil in case anybody's worried but yeah you still do some scanning but it's it's so far it hasn't been a massive part of the experience for me so maybe that's a plus and the multiplayer side of things not played a massive amount of the multiplayer um i played the demo multiplayer which was quite nice it's, it's interesting, it is just horde mode with Mass Effect combat, and it does play into the whole Galaxy at War concept, where you are readying the galaxy, and the things that you do in multiplayer add to that readiness level. Would I, I wouldn't play Mass Effect just for the multiplayer, but it's, it's not terrible, quite honestly. I thought it was going to be worse than it was, but it, it played like Mass Effect, and it, it was at least fun, and at least you're contributing to single player somehow. Steve, is this one that you've picked up? No, I mean, I mean to be perfectly honest, I have only... This gone week just finished Mass Effect 2 for the first time because I know I'll end up getting Mass Effect 3. I won't buy it now, but I will. I will pick it up eventually. But it's it's not a day one purchase. I mean, it is Mass Effect 2 is is really good. Um, I mean, I've, I've just finished it on the PS3. There were there were problems with it, but I, w- I will get it eventually. I mean, it's just interesting to because I found the the actual combat of it to be more enjoyable. Do you know than the jetting off to these thousands of planets that seemed irrelevant. So. If it's more focused on that, to me it'll be something that's a lot better, but that's the same argument as if it's an RPG or, you know, a more third-person shooter. But to me, I found the, the shooting aspect of it a lot a lot more enjoyable than the deviating off when you had, actually had to go and, you know, do something that seemed quite important. See, I think for me, it's... Like, if everybody had a diagram which was, like, mechanics and story, and somewhere when it intersects there is the perfect combination of the two, I think Mass Effect is mine. Um, the, the sci-fi story is amazing, it's, it's perfect, it's the stuff I love, and I think the mechanics have got to the point where they, they're just as good at this point, so for me, that, it adds up to a brilliant game, but other people expect different things from the mechanics, that's the thing, like you say, you're not really into the RPG stuff, it's more about shooting things, but other people are into the other side, so I'm not sure whether people are expecting different things. At this stage, surely you know what a Mass Effect game is going to bring. You'd hope so, um, but... I think it's that first game really did, I don't know, not cement some people's old ideas of what it could be or what it should be. Um, but it was so flawed, the first game. People really do look back on it like it was amazing. And it was. Um, but nobody likes sitting at an infantry screen with 14 sniper rifles and thinking, should I convert seven the into gel? The buggy stuff was just... Yeah. And, and that was terrible. Give me as many inventory screens as possible. That says something about you, not the game. Did you honestly like that stuff? Yeah, that's the crowd. You know, alphabetized uh, them again. It's 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 hoarding. It's it's getting as much stuff as possible and spending your time poring over. This will get me a 
0.05 increase for accuracy or you know all those tiny little things that's kind of what i associate with a role play game and so I, I suppose that's why i still look at the the first games the high point in the series but as you say you know bioware refined this kind of thing the usually the first game that they bring out is a template and then they kind of move on from there you had the the vehicular missions and then they took them away then you've got mining and they seem to have kind of drawn that back a bit so they it's almost like they're tentatively putting out these feelers in in different areas but they're it's they're... more cinematic now i mean that that, that 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 was clear the atmosphere has always been there and the narrative has always been there since the first game but it's so much more cinematic now and so much more uh appealing to a wider audience and Personally, I don't think you can blame them for wanting to appeal to a wider audience. Everyone moaned about the same things from Mass Effect 1. Whereas once you got into Mass Effect 2, people were united in what was good about the game. Remember, it was, it was Game of the Year when it came out. Mm. And it came out in, what, February of that year? Yeah. The RPG stuff, is that what you associate with playing the character? Is that what makes the character yours? Is that what compels you to use that character the fact that you have customized it by putting little items on it and stuff like that or is it is it more how you deal with the story to me yes i i I would associate the the former simply because i I don't think that the the genre has got to the point yet where there are really that many different decisions that you can make the little conversation wheels and the like you're going to end up with various people basically doing exactly the same things whereas if you've got kind of like 10,000 different combinations that you could possibly have of all these different items and that will in turn affect how you approach any given combat situation to me that that is I suppose what I tend to to associate with RPGs. I I started the game and a few things weren't quite right I wasn't happy with it and on the PC there's actually a website called masseffectsaves.com I think amazingly and uh, people have uploaded all their save games so you can basically find a character which uh, is similar to yours that I played back on consoles and then import it into my PC game and the difference was night and day just uh, obviously characters that weren't there you know are now there um, but just different conversation um paths were available to me and uh, other 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 little touches i thought were, were really ga- uh, great and I, I think the game's a lot subtler um than we give it credit for i think there's a lot going on under the surface that we we don't really know because bioware don't make it obvious how your choices affect you and how different decisions early on affect your game as well yeah that's the thing i think People, are, I, I agree with everybody, you know, the decisions aren't massively game-changing, but as we all know, that's, that would be impossible to do. I mean, they'd be making, like, several versions of the game, which at this point, with the technology we have, just isn't possible. What, what I find impressive is that they are at least doing what they are doing. No one else is doing anything like this, where you can roll through a character through three games and make slight decisions which do ultimately change it slightly. It is awesome that sometimes you're wandering around the Citadel and someone comes up and goes hey, do you remember back when you did this for me? Other people might go, I have no idea who that is, but somebody who likes it like me, then yeah, I do remember that. And it's just a cool reference back, which makes me feel like I'm playing in this world for a really long time. There can be no denying that it, it's certainly a polished package. They've, they're giving people an experience that you're not getting in, in many other games out there, if, if any. And that's probably why it's, it's shipped some like three and a half million. So, you know, they've certainly got the hit on their hand anyway. I just hope they don't 
milk it out. I mean, I don't know how it ends, obviously I haven't finished it, but it needs to be the end of Shepard's story, I would say. But how do they deal with the franchise from here on out? Do they continue on this co-op multiplayer stick, or do they do a new story in the universe, or do they just yank it out for another year and not finish the story? I don't know. I think they'd be confident, at this stage, they'd be confident enough to just roll a completely new uh, franchise with a very similar uh, style of play, you know, uh, put put the setting in a completely different time or w- w- whatever. They, I think, they've got a fan base now that will definitely follow them to whatever they go and do next. Another big seller. We're following in the footsteps of various collections that we're getting these days, uh, like the Sly trilogy and and the Jack and Daxter collection. Economy have released a bundle of their biggest sellers, their flagship franchise, Metal Gear Solid all spruced up in shiny high def uh you've been looking at this one for the site Steve. what did you make of it yeah um i'm a big fan of these you know hd re-releases because obviously especially on ps3 you can't play a lot of them back so it's it's good to see that they're actually doing something about it whether it's right or wrong that's a you know a different kettle of fish but yeah i've had i've had a lot to say about these other ones that have come out but this one, I, I think I've moved on away from the, the Metal Gear sort of, it's how it's, it's formula, you know, I think, I've, I've said it in the review, there's, there's nothing wrong with the game as such, the actual collection, but I just think, unless you're a, a true diehard fan of the series, I think you might have, you know, moved slightly away from the extended cutscene, five minute long bouts of dialogue, I mean, I, I am a fan of the series, you know, I've played the first one, I've played the second one, I've finished four, played Peace Walker on the PSP, so I do follow the series, but... I don't think the games have aged that well. I mean, they look they look really good. You know, they've done a great job with the graphics. They made it look brilliant. Apart from there is a slight a slight problem with the brightness. I don't, I had to change the the brightness settings on it because the the default settings are quite low. But the the controls just don't seem to have aged that well. Now people get accustomed to certain button mapping for certain games. You know, a lot of shooters have similar sort of layouts. But this one just seems to you need to get used to it again. You know, you need to fit back into the mo- a different mould you've, you've grown out of really and it, it just seems especially it might just be me but I just don't think I've got time to play these, this game anymore Cause it, I mean they are good games but you just it just takes so long to get through two or three sections that you, you don't seem to actually find yourself getting that far with it and people don't have that much time to, to throw at these games I don't think anymore Gaming was different back then. We all had different expectations. It wasn't so mainstream, so it wasn't so it wasn't so easy. It's it's that simple. <laughs> Games are easier nowadays, um, and these old collections come out and they don't change them, and it can hit people like a brick wall. You, you go back and you think, how did I sit as a kid and and hit this over and over again and and do it? Am I just have less patience, or is this is it just harder? I don't know. You gotta love that sound effect though. Which one? Which one? You know. <laughs> 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 you know the one where um, you get caught or you get found by someone oh whoop, whoop, yeah, whoop. That, yeah that one <laughs> Ex- exclamation mark above your head yeah that's another sticking point though why is there not the original Metal Gear Solid in this collection I suppose it wouldn't polish up that well you're going back to the PS1 there so what that would look like in HD I don't know but it's a it's a pity that it isn't there because it is the most in- important title in the series and it is the one that people feel the most nostalgic about so it, it must seem a little bit weird starting off with Metal Gear Solid 2 given that there was so much criticism about it that it there was less solid snake involved I mean they are quite choppy with the settings and plots I mean it is quite hard to follow on and it just seems a bit daft really that you're saying 
this is an HD collection start on number two if you want to find out why we're doing this go play number one which you have to pay for separately it's a bit weird is there any compilation of the cutscenes or anything like that involved to try and help people into the title? Uh, I didn't see one, no. Do you mean from the title you're playing or do you mean from... From the first or, or from the other's eye? Is there anything there really that tries to explain the story? Because I, I played them all, but I would really struggle if I had to be sat down and try to explain the narrative to anyone. Unless I missed it, no. You just you put the disc in, you get a selection of your three games, you choose which one you play, then it takes you to the menu of the game you've played. Obviously certain games refer back to what things that have happened in the previous games, but nothing dedicated to say, this is what happened in Metal Gear Solid 1, this is what this group is, and ooh, this is. There's, no, there's none of that, no. It's a pity, because it, it it is, I suppose, very much a series of games. They're, they're not necessarily that unique in, in they can't stand alone but like like with the mass effect trilogy there there's a, a thread running through them that repays a certain degree of dedication to to the series as a whole yeah i mean i mean you'd have to be an insane fan of the series to understand everything that goes on i mean i've played played most of them but if you ask me who he was what he's done you know I'd, i honestly wouldn't be able to answer you one point you did make in your review that's on the site now is about the mix of different genres and playing styles, and it, it, it struck me you mentioned stealth and, and boss fights and the like. Now, this was something that we all pretty much universally pilloried Deus Ex Human Revolution for, but I'd completely forgotten that it was almost a central part of what everyone loved about the original Metal Gear Solid. You had stealth all the way through, and the big boss fights. Those were the two things that everyone spent all their time talking about. Did it stand up well going back and playing that kind of thing again? Or, or do you think that's a, that's another thing that, say, we've slightly moved on from? Um, they are enjoyable, yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird, like you said, with, you know, lambasting Deus Ex and Ben especially, you know, these boss fights that just ruined the game. But these these just seem to, you know, they seem to be better suited. They seem to be integrated a lot better. It's especially in some of the control doesn't help because the camera is top-down. So a lot of time you have to hold a button to aim down your sight and then all this you know it takes different perspectives from one to another and it's if they'd moved the camera changed the camera angles controversially changed the controls a bit to make it a bit updated they would be a lot more enjoyable but when you're fighting a boss battle and you're facing them top down and you can't see where they're moving it's just what we've got used to. it's a bit annoying because you have to predict where they're going I mean it adds a bit of certain skill into it you know it makes it that little bit harder like Leon says we're probably playing games that are too easy for us now but it's just what people have got used to, so again, it's just something you'll you'll have to get used to because you can't do what you you've become used to. In short, modern games have become wusses. Yeah, we're pansies now. Yeah, very true. Well, on that note, it seems that we have run out of time. So all that remains for me to do is to thank the guys for participating. Cheers, Steve, Leon and Steve. Thanks, guys. Cheers. And to thank you for listening to AV Forum's gaming podcast with me, Mark Bottright. The AV podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV podcast is copyright M2M Limited.